As a thankful recipient of many, many skincare products over the years, I've learned to discern what is naturally actually activating my skin to rebalance and recalibrate on its own. That's what your skin is meant to be doing, and it keeps getting disrupted by all these choices that we make. So, when the founder and creator of Herbal Face Food reached out to me, I was all ears. I didn't know why at first. It turns out that Herbal Face Food is the most potent antioxidant skincare line on the market today, period. The raw plant ingredients in each of their products are never processed, never manipulated with synthetics or emulsifiers. These anti-aging botanicals are combined with the most precious plant concentrates, and they have changed my skin. Here's how. I'm going to talk about two of the products, the Herbal Face Food Serums and the Cream. The serums contain powerful phytoenzymes and antioxidants. These are activated and infused into your tissues. They hydrate and increase the resiliency of your skin, and they feel like they're plumping up your face. I use Serum 1 daily. I use Serum 2 when I'm tired and I need extra firming for my skin. And I use the X, which is also known as the Cure, for a small patch of rosacea that flares up every now and again, which you cannot see because of these products. When you feed your skin with herbal face food, you will feel real live ingredients at work. An activating flush, an invigorating tingle, some warmth, all of these are evidence of your skin healing at the cellular level and years of damage reversing. The cream is the most potent moisturizer I've ever tried, and I've tried them all. I live in the high desert. This cream contains 102 of the world's most powerful anti-aging botanicals and is also the world's first and only edible SPF <laughs> with a protection rating of SPF 50+. Plus. And this is accomplished 100% by plant power. And you can expect intense hydration, soothing for your tired skin. You can expect to see inflammation calmed and rebuilding of elasticity so your complexion looks and feels more smooth, and more radiant. Herbal face food is not plant-based. It's plant-powered. It has the highest rating on the ORAC anti-aging scale. ORAC means oxygen radical absorbance capacity. I never knew what that meant before. Highest, over 30 million on that scale. By contrast, vitamin C in skincare rates under 100,000. Herbal face food is using all post-consumer recycled materials and packaging. They use glass and aluminum, which is super easy to recycle as well. The products and packaging are 99% free of plastics. They contain no ingredients that involve the destruction or harm of any plant, animal, or marine life. These are 100% plants only, these products. These active concentrates are coming from the seeds, the fruits, the leaves, or the flowers of the plants only. These products have been a complete revolution for me. I know that you will love the way your skin looks and feels after using it even for just a day or two. And the best part is that Herbal Face Food has offered us, you, my community, a code to receive 20% off forever, ever. The code is capital E-L-E-N-A 20. Once again, that's my name in all caps, ELENA2020. The site is herbalfacefood.com. The code is all caps ELENA20. It's not just your first purchase, it's any purchase. You will love these products, and I am so grateful 
herbal face food for the change that you have made in my life. Thank you. Welcome to the Practice You podcast. My name is Elena Brower. Together, we'll explore and enjoy content and conversations around mastering transitions. In our relations, our wellness, our careers, our families, and especially in our missions and visions. You are invited to learn and love and listen with me. Welcome to Practice You. Welcome back to the podcast. This is the second time that my dear guest is on. She is a sister, a friend, oh, a New York Times bestselling author, number one, in fact, of The Universe Has Your Back. She has written five additional bestsellers. She's been featured on Oprah Super Soul Sunday as the next generation thought leader of her time. And the Oprah Winfrey Network has chosen her to be part of Super Soul 100. I could not be more honored to be considering you a friend, uh, a colleague, and also a teacher to me. I love you, Gabby Bernstein. Welcome back. I love you, my friend. Yeah. Been looking forward to this. <laughs> same, same. Your new book is called Super Attractor. I am uh, enamored of it. I'm really excited to talk about it. You're laying out basically the essential method- methods for manifesting a life beyond your wildest dreams, which coincidentally you inspired me to do and you've done yourself. It really is about co-creating. That's what this book is teaching us, co-creating with everything that is happening around you. You have to accept that life can flow, that attracting is fun, that it can be sort of a game, uh, how you move through your life and how you move through your day. And I think the overarching thing that I really appreciated about this for all the people who will read it is that it's okay to feel good. Totally. (laughs) Totally. I'm so grateful for this message because so many people are just hanging on the the negativity and there's more than enough of that to go around right now. So thank you for that. I want to start by asking you just a little bit about where you got the idea for Super Attractor. What does the name of this title mean to you? How did it come about? Well, the idea for writing this book came from a place within me, part of me that wanted to feel good. Mm. <laughs> I wrote the book to feel good. I wrote this book when I was had just found out that I was pregnant with my son. Uh, there's a lot of maternal energy in this book, which people have actually said that they felt like they're in a womb when they're reading it. So that's kind of amazing. That is nice. It's amazing. Uh, But the concept of being a super attractor is something I've been developing and speaking about for most of my career, whether I put those words to it or not, but about developing such a strong inner awareness and commitment to grace and spiritual faith that you get to a place where you become a magnet for what you desire because you're aligned and attuned with the energy of what you believe you are worthy of. So this book is about not about how to get things, it's about how to feel good. And when we feel good, what we want comes to us effortlessly, frankly, it really comes with ease. May not always come in our time or our plan or the exact way we expected, but it comes in ways that are far greater than we could ever imagine. So that's the breakdown. 
it's basically your feminine evolution. It right is. There. It is. I think that's a really nice way of looking at it. It's you becoming not just a mother. Tons of women who are not mothers will read this and benefit greatly. But it's your your coming into your your femininity, your womanhood, your also maturity in a really cool and beautiful way, helpful way. Thanks, babes. Thank yeah. you. Nice to hear from you saying that. <laughs> true. It's true. Um, it's good to feel good is one of the chapters that I flagged with a uh, post-it. And why is it? Why is it? Why is it? Why is it that we are so obsessed with not feeling good? Why do we hang on the negativity? Why? in your estimation, why is this still a factor? And why do we need to learn this again and again and again every day? We resist feeling good because we use that feeling as a way of staying safe. We think that if we are in fear or if we are controlling a situation or if we are trying to force something to happen, that we are protected, that we are safe, that we are in control ultimately. Whereas that's actually quite the opposite of of what it is that we need to live as super attractors and to dwell in the sense of peace and safety and security. So we use we use our fearful belief systems and practices and habits as a way to fake playing safe ultimately. And so that's a big reason why we resist that presence of good and that presence of what I would also refer to as God. Right. We resist that presence not just because of of needing to control, but also because we often get stuck in patterns that are the opposite of feeling good. And those patterns become a belief system and that belief system becomes who we think we are. And without them, we think we wouldn't survive. And it's also what's familiar. It's what we've what we've always known, and how we've calibrated our even our physiology around negativity. It's very uncomfortable to move out of that space. It is. Our bodies get stuck in it. Uh, it's like we have ropes in different corners of our bodies that are wrapped up and, and wound up and tied up, and we can't unlock them because the pattern is so strong. the The psychosomatic experience is so wound up that we now can't even release it from our body. That body reactivity is also our resistance to feeling good. Right. On page 27, you are talking about being in an event with Deepak, Dr. Chopra, and Eckhart. And it was 2016, and Deepak said, when you're happy for something, for you know, something happened and it made you happy, Basically, what he said is you're kind of fucked because you're totally attached to the thing that made you happy. And what happens when that thing isn't true or gets taken away or, or how it is how, that these things disappear from us? Mm-hmm. What exactly do you say when wonderful things are finally realized in our lives and and we have a tendency to attach to them? What, what do you what do you say by way of not? attaching so heavily, not being so, um, you know, because we're such manifestors, you and me, uh, many of the folks listening, how do you manage when you get something that you want and it becomes kind of a little, okay, when's the other shoe going to drop? When's it going to be taken away from me? How do you not be attached to that thing? It's all about really training yourself to remember and believe that you are worthy of receiving greatness. Simply 
accepting that you are a super attractor, accepting that when your commitment is to love and service and faith, that what you need will always be presented to you, even when things are tough. If something is removed, you trust that it's being removed because something greater is coming, or you really believe that rejection is protection. And so that belief system, that reframing of how you receive and why you receive can take away the fear of losing it. Right. Reframing it in such a way where you genuinely ground yourself in the faith and the belief system that when you are attuned with the energy of a spiritual connection of your own understanding, that you are indeed a super attractor. Being a super attractor means that what you believe in you will receive. Even if things aren't working out the way you'd planned, it's because there's something better happening. There's something more important coming. Right. There's something to be revealed. When you start to live in that way, you don't fear losing anything. Not that you never do, but it's less so. It's a reprogramming, really. It's a full-fledged trust that no matter what happens, it is for the highest good, period. That's right, period. Okay. I want to go on to the, I'm, I'm booking through this book because I want to, there are lots of questions that I really want to ask. You always ask the best questions, oh, by yes. the way. I've been on so many podcasts this past two months and oh. it's just really nice that you just get to the heart of it. Thank you, my love. Oh, my love. I mean, I really read. I, I really like reading. You really do. <laughs> the Emotional Guided Scout, page 66. This is super helpful. It's an Abraham Hicks um, idea. And it basically walks us through from number one, joy, appreciation, empowerment, freedom, and love, all the way through to number 22, which is the polar opposite, fear, grief, desperation, powerlessness, and despair. Mm -hmm. Tell me how you use this scale. I have my own understanding, but tell me how you use this scale and maybe share a recent time when you perhaps use this personally in your life or professionally. I use it all the time. This scale is meant to really help the reader recognize that if you're in a low vibration emotion, that you can't necessarily, and that you don't need to, leap into the highest vibration, that you can slowly but surely reach your way out. Despair, you could go to boredom, and that's a better feeling emotion than despair. That would be a big leap. But even from despair to rage, rage is a better emotion than despair. So reaching for the next best feeling emotion through the next best feeling thought is a big theme throughout the book. And Abraham Hicks are very, very, very mentioned, uh, a very uh, integral part of this book, mentioned 26 times throughout the book. Yeah. The, the work of the emotional guidance scale is such a powerful practice because it lets us be okay with just slightly moving out of the negativity into the next emotion, even if that next emotion is still seemingly negative, it's actually more positive than where you came from. Right. So you're not, and it really takes the pressure off because when you're really down, you can't leap into the newest thing. You know, you and I, the last time we did this podcast interview, I think I was just diagnosed with postpartum depression. Mm -hmm. At that time in my life, the best I could do some days was if I was in despair, I could just maybe move up slightly some days. Maybe for my, if I was in despair, I could go into insecurity and unworthiness and that was a better vibration. 
or jealousy that other people were sleeping through the night and I wasn't. That was a better vibration mm -hmm. or hatred and rage towards myself because of these ridiculous experience, not ridiculous, but it's a horrific experience yes. was better than despair. So just sometimes reaching even into the, the next emotion was, an, was all I could do to raise my vibration slightly that day. I'm going to do a quick read of the scale for the folks who, for whatever reason, need to hear this, want to write it down, and can't get their hands on uh, any copies of your book. So here we go. We're going from the bottom to the top. So this is 22. Fear, grief, desperation, despair, and powerlessness. That's number 22. That's the worst possible, toughest, most uh, challenging state. Going up from there is 21 to, as you just said, insecurity, guilt, and unworthiness. That's 21. Up from there is just jealousy. So we're. it's interesting because when you go from 21 to 20, you're starting to feel a sense of ownership of your body. And a, not that this is helpful necessarily, but comparison, meaning you exist and then someone else exists too. It's better than despair. From jealousy, we go up to 19, which is hatred slash rage, which is still also an expression of something that one feels. It's not despair. It's not, I've disappeared. It's, I exist and I have feelings. From there, we go to 18, revenge. Obviously, it's not something you want to choose because you're just going to fuck yourself over in the end if you practice revenge, but it's still better than just feeling like I don't exist. To anger. Then to 16, discouragement. So imagine if, let's say, I'm feeling jealous for some weird reason. Instead of hanging out in jealousy for two days or two months or two years, I'm just going to go to discouragement and know that, you know, there are other possibilities. I'm just feeling discouraged right now. From there, we go up to blame, 15. Blame is not a great place to hang out. We all know that. And from there, you get to go to worry because worry is less harmful than blaming someone else and holding them prisoner in your body, which just makes you a prison guard and a shitty job. Hmm. From there, you go to, to doubt. Doubt's okay. Doubt is totally normal. I pretty much wake up every morning in some form of doubt or another, but then you can go to disappointment, number 12. I'm just disappointed that this thing didn't happen instead of I doubt that I can. Better to be disappointed it gives you a place to go. From there, overwhelm. It's better than being disappointed. There is somewhere to go from overwhelm from there to frustration slash irritation slash impatience, where I spend a lot of my time. From there, pessimism. I can't. He can't. It won't happen. No, 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 no. And from there, you just go to boredom. Boredom is way better than all of the below that we have just read. And even better than boredom, and this is the pivotal moment, guys, from eight, which is boredom, to seven, which is contentment. Hmm. That line between contentment and boredom is such a crucial understanding mm -hmm. right now. Because we could be bored and say, I'm fucking bored. I'm going to go look at my phone. I'm going to go do something else. I'm going to go distract myself, numb myself in some weird way. Even if you're totally sober, you're still numbing yourself in some weird way. I know I am. Or you could sit still, just be contented, just trust. Contentment, from there you go up to hopefulness, 
now we're starting to get some light in the room. From hopefulness, you go to optimism. Number five, from, from five, you go to four, which is positive expectation or belief, genius. And from there, what naturally arises is enthusiasm, eagerness, happiness even. Number three, from that passion, number two. And from number two, we go to number one, which is five different things, joy slash appreciation slash empowerment slash freedom slash love. And anytime you find yourself, this is my understanding, anytime I find myself in like some sort of frustration, let's say number 10, which is, or not even number 13, which is doubt, from 13 doubt to seven contentment, that's kind of a really neat jump because you don't have to be enthusiastic passionate even you could just at least be happy with what you have that you're sitting in a house with a roof over your head water to drink Mm. yes i thank you for bringing this to light because i never knew about this and it has helped me so much i'm so glad you just broke it down for them like that nice job well you broke it down for us i mean it's just it's it's what i i just never thought about this that's Mm. why i love this book so much it's like you know god is you're listening to this this is this is one of very few books that i am actually keeping (laughs) i love you i love you i love you i'm not kidding i get thousands of books sent to me Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i'm keeping this one this one i dog-eared i marked it we have rainbow post-its around here and it's going in my bookshelf i'm really happy to hear that on the white shelf and someone else has to go for this one to stay so somebody's gotta go somebody's gotta go next question though In chapter six, you share that this is the first time you've written in one of your books about spirit guides and angels. Mm -hmm. Couldn't be happier about this Mm -hmm. um, because it's the way that you've always spoken to me. And when I speak about you and you're not listening, I always talk about the fact that you have taught me how to be comfortable speaking the language of spirit in the context of any situation, yoga or otherwise. Mm. And so how do you confidently share this kind of language with students and readers? How are you feeling about having done this? What are you, what are you thinking right now? How do you distinguish between, you know, those voices, that genuine guidance and the voice of fear? So this is an exciting time that we're in. People are really unapologetic about their spiritual beliefs these days. It's trendy to be spiritual, so let's let's just let's ride the wave and help people and get to them directly to the message that they need to hear. This is probably what's the most celebrated part of this book is the pushing of the metaphysical envelope. I'm really proud that I did it. I feel really I felt really called to do it. Mm-hmm. And it was time for people to understand what that guidance was, where it was coming from. And to get a closer, more intimate relationship to their own guidance, their own angel guides, their own guardian angels, their own spirit guides, their family members, their teachers, their loved ones that are with them. I got a beautiful text message from Serena Dyer, uh, Wayne Dyer's daughter yesterday. And she said, Super Attractor is the best book I've ever written. It's I've, I've ever read. It's, it's moving me so much. I keep referring it to everybody. I can't stop reading it. I can't stop reading. I love it so much. And she was just going on and on. I laughed so hard because I wrote back to her and I said, the reason you love it so much is because your father's words and energy have been channeled through it in every single page because Wayne is one of my greatest guides. Wayne writes with me. He stands over my desk and he writes with me. 
and I write about this a lot in the book about my relationship to my creative relationship to Wayne now that he's in the spirit form. Mm. And so I just laugh because she feels her dad in the book. That's why she's so moved by it. So that's the message throughout is to start to learn how to co connect with your own entities, guides of truth and love and compassion that are always available to you, but to first and foremost, accept and understand that they're there, use their, that relationship for the highest good, co-create and let it move through you. And that, that connection is invaluable when you're creating or serving or mothering or just living. Mm. It's something that I really break down simply for the reader so that it's not too out there or heady and it's not telling anyone they have to have my beliefs. I allow them to really accept the beliefs of their own understanding and give them permission to take what they want. Yeah. I'm proud of that part of the book. I really am. Oh, you should be, dude. I have tears in my eyes. I can't believe that she called you saying <laughs> that. That's so huge. She felt her dad. Yeah. That's it. Straight up. I mean, anyone who's ever read even one of his books, you can feel him. Mm-hmm. Personally, I feel like you've just, you've helped so many people make such a huge change. And when we were talking about this with basically everyone around the house, we were talking about what questions we would want to ask you. Um, Jonah's daddy had a question, which is great. And it's a great question that I want to ask you too. You've helped so many people make significant shifts in their lives. If you had to say from your vantage point right now, what's the single most important component to effecting a change in one's life? To help them accept that it's safe to go to the places that scare them. Because when they do, they will become more free. Does that resonate? Totally. Accept that it's safe to go to the places that it's safe to do inner work. It's safe to have therapy. It's safe to have a spiritual path. It's safe to be brave to wonder what might be the block, what might be living underneath the blocks. It's safe to to recognize that there's stuff that's backed up old fear-based belief systems, traumatic memories, things that are holding you back. That it's safe to go there because it's far less safe not to. Mm. Right. It's far less safe not to. Morning routine. Quick one. My morning routine. I've been getting up lately at like 5 a.m. I go to bed at 9 p.m. Um, during, during the postpartum episode I had, I had insomnia. So now I'm very conscious of my sleep. So I go to bed early. These days, though, I still wait. Going to bed that early makes me wake up quite early. So I wake up at 5 a.m. and sometimes I stay in bed. Sometimes I'll meditate or I'll leave the room and I'll go up and meditate. Getting my meditation in at that time is really nice because my son wakes up at 7 mm -hmm. and it's full speed ahead. So then Oliver's up at 7 and I change him and we visit his friends in the window because he has lots of friends, friends that are like his little stuffed animals and then the turkeys that are always outside in the morning and he and I play with the friends and then he goes to get a coffee with his dada and I take a bath. I take a bath every morning. Beautiful. Then I make breakfast for my son, which is a meditative practice for me. Then I hand him off to our angel nanny who is his, his angel nanny, who is one of the most important people in our life. Someone that's new fam family to us now. Mm -hmm. 
And then I go to work. I get upstairs and I start to tune into my day. That's my morning. It's a good morning. It's a damn good morning. I love the idea of the bath in the morning rather than night. I'm going to give that a go. I do both, baby. I do both. Oh, beautiful. Mm. Beautiful. And then I would love, I've just really recently started to use tapping as a tool for myself, like a daily tool, quietly. Do you have any sort of current practices that you use? Could you share with us any of your teachers or resources that you have that you might have personally as well? For for tapping, for EFT. Tapping. Yeah. yeah sorry. I missed one word. You sorry about that. Important word. Well, I'm doing a lot more tapping these days because I'm getting the hit that it's deeply needed. I have a miracle membership where it has a monthly, brand new monthly uh, meditation, but now I've replaced those meditations with tapping audios and videos because not replaced them entirely, but mainly focused the majority of them on tapping because it's it's tough times out there. We need help. We need help. So EFT is one of my greatest resources for regulating. What I think people need right now most is tools to regulate their energy, reintegrate their energy quickly and get regulated. Uh, an excellent teacher that has a lot of free resources is Brad Yates, and he can be found on YouTube. He has excellent resources. Uh, but yeah, I'm adding a ton of of tapping meditations to my uh, miracle membership. It's necessary. Yeah, no, it couldn't be more necessary. I was always kind of a little bit leery of it, to be honest. And I've been using it like crazy. I love it. it yeah, once you get mind. once you try it, it's excellent, and you realize how powerful it can be. So, miracle membership is a monthly thing. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, this is amazing. I have a membership. So many people were like, do you coach privately? I'm sure people ask you that all the time. And I haven't coached privately for over a decade. So I created my miracle membership because it's the next best. Actually, a member said it's the next best thing is having your Gabby as your personal coach. Uh, I have to have you as an interview on it again. I think we had you a long time ago. Mm -hmm. Or to teach a meditation even. Mm -hmm. I uh, each month deliver very clear, actionable lessons and tools. They have a audio recording with me that's about a 20 to 30 minute audio recording, giving them a theme for the month. They get a brand new meditation or EFT meditation every month. And they also get uh, 30 to 45 minutes of uh, archived talk, a talk that has maybe was from 10 or 15 years ago, or maybe a talk that I did last month that aren't available anywhere else. And so they get these clips of these talks and Q&As. They can just go deeper in their spiritual practice Members also get 50% off most of my courses and they get quarterly trainings and a Facebook group that's like unbelievable. It's kind of one of the coolest things I do. Substantial. And I'm really proud of it. It's really substantial. It's very, very um, inexpensive to become a member. My intention to having the membership was to help people stay consistent on their spiritual path because a lot of people wake up and get really aligned and then then fear sets in they fall off track life gets like life gets ahead of them so this is your way of staying consistent on your spiritual path and we have so many grateful members that just just come back and come back and come back i'm uh, i'm now on page 177 the pathway to faith i really appreciate how you just lay it down so clearly we start with turning over your plans 
you walked us through the process of learning that you weren't pregnant again. I remember, you know, being there for this and going, okay, God, what the fuck is going on? Gabby needs mm-hmm. to be a mother. And why is it taking so long? I remember thinking this. Um, turning over your plans, this first step, we're going to go through the steps in this chapter. We're going to do it quickly and expeditiously. Um, becoming faithful requires you, right, that we surrender our plans, our timeline, and our agenda so that we can allow the universe to guide us. I'm looking at it with you. I'm reading it along yeah. with you because sometimes I forget what I, I write. It's like that. <laughs> I'm like, yes, the pathway to faith. Let's do it. You're channeling. I'm on 178 now. Take a moment to read the prayer to us, please, on 179. The prayer on 179. Thank you, universe and guides of the highest truth and compassion. I'm ready to feel free. I welcome a newfound faith. And so when we take that prayer and bring it to life, we are letting go of our agenda, turning over our plans. If we want to begin the pathway to faith, we have to turn our plans over to a higher power. I'm going to keep going. So then the next step is to ask for clear direction. And in that aligned energy with the universe, your prayer that your prayers put you into that energy, it's going to be a subtle shift that's going to shift you. And every time you say that prayer, you're going to be reminded of that energy of love that's around you. So then you're going to ask for the next right action. Uh, you're going to say, show me a sign. And this is, this is what I write about in the universe has your back and in, all throughout this book. Mm-hmm. Show me a sign. I write about it in chapter seven as well. That sign will be a direction and, and, and you can simply say, thank you guides of the highest truth for showing me a sign that I'm on the right path or show me a sign that this is indeed the right choice. And then when you don't get your sign, that's a sign too. So trust that. And that's, that's that clear direction. And then, then it's asking for that sign and really letting, letting the universe deliver for you. Then you say, you talk about speaking directly to an angel or guide, which is like bonkers, beautiful. Mm-hmm. Because earlier in the book, we, I, I, we, I say, because me and my guides wrote this, we ask you to really deepen your connection with a guidance system of your own understanding. And I introduce you to how to connect to your guides. So at this point in the book, you could say to a specific guide that I need help. Archangel Raphael could be someone ask, you could ask for help for physical healing, or if you need some protection or safety, you could ask Archangel Gabe, uh, Michael for help. Uh, whenever I speak, I ask Archangel Gabriel to speak through me, ask a family member or a loved one to speak through you and guide you. So be specific. And then the next thing I mentioned in the book is so cool is that spirit speaks through children. And I see my, my almost one year old. Can you believe I only have a one year old? He's almost freaking one year old. You better text me a picture after this call. I'm going to say, I'm going to bomb you with photos. Bomb me. Um, one-year-old Oliver is always looking up at the sky and going, ooh, ooh, ooh. And I know he sees my grandmother. I know he sees my ancestors. And I always feel this sense that he sees my grandmother. So do you see Grammy? Do you see Grammy? And he goes, ooh, ooh, ooh. And so my intuition that he sees Grammy means that he's seeing Grammy. Yes. So trust that your children are showing you more direction. Yes. And then that final step is to do nothing and let the universe show you what to do. Because we often want to interfere, and this is a practice of non-interference. And so there's another prayer here. Thank you, universal guidance, for guiding me to solutions that are of the highest good for all. Perfection. It is perfection. And then you allow the universe to support you. Let the universe support you, yeah. And you, you being a super attractor means remembering that you are an extension of the universal energy. I'm just reading from the book. 
You are one with God and the universe. You are love. When you are in joy, faith, and wonder, you can feel that connection fully. Each method in this book has brought you closer to reclaiming your super attractor connection. The goal is to get into a state of receptivity and allow. In a state of non-resistance, you can allow the universal flow of well-being to support you. So that's what that's what Abraham Hicks refers to as the art of allowing. Mm-hmm. It's a state that we can be in that can just let love flow. The next paragraph is one question. That's a whole paragraph. It says, in this moment, are you allowing love, joy, and well-being, or are you resisting it? This is something you've taught me yep. so beautifully over the years. And then the last step, actually, is the title of the chapter, which is Let the Universe Catch Up With Your Dreams. And this is about just being patient. This is about patience. What does it mean to let the universe catch up with your dreams is that you're willing to be patient. That's what it means. You're willing to surrender your timeline. You're willing to surrender your agenda. You're willing to surrender your perceived needs. And you're willing to have faith in a time frame beyond your own. Yeah. That's it. Patience was my greatest virtue when I was manifesting my child. I wrote that in the book. Yes, it was. Dude, because you were very patient. And every time you would talk about it, you wouldn't be sad about it. You were always just like, it's coming. You know, in the beginning, I was sad about it. And then I worked on that. And that this book is really a lot about what I did to settle into that, that patience and that faith. My, my son is a huge guide throughout this book. Mm. He's a beautiful guide. Second to last paragraph, page 189. May the words in this chapter strengthen your faith, ease your need to control, and bring you closer to feeling free. Embrace these faithful steps and let the ever-present flow of love move through you effortlessly. Yes, love that. The last question I have. Um, you were incredible those years ago, many years ago, when you told me that you, basically you said you can't be getting high and doing God's work. <laughs> yeah. God's work if you're high. It was something along those lines. <laughs> and it was fucking hard to hear that from somebody who was, mm-hmm. you know, really a, a, a mentor of a sort, even though you're younger. I, I was hurt. I was ashamed. I was knowing that it was the exact right thing that they needed to hear. And luckily I managed to have all three of those, those experiences, hurt, ashamed, and knowing that it was the right thing I needed to hear in the same body at the same moment. Right. How do you get to the sweet spot with somebody where you can see that someone needs you to call something out, but you don't want them to feel like they have to run away from you or feel judged or just tough love? It's something that I'm working on a lot lately. I think that right now I'm feeling called to shame shift for people to help people shift their shame, not for them, but help them. But sometimes it's too soon, too early to call people out because they're too deeply in their shame. In your case, you I knew you were ready. I knew you were strong enough to hear the truth. I kind of had a sense. I also don't think it was just me speaking to you. It was your guide speaking mm. through me wow. to help you. Wow. So there's a difference between letting inspiration guide you and just sort of your ego guiding you. Like, oh, Elena should really be sober. No, that wasn't that. That wasn't it at all. Go to page 204, right? Because you're absolutely right. I love that you're guiding me through my own book. I love you too. Because I want you to read this to us as our closing. There is the second paragraph on page 204. It's it's not even the last paragraph of the book, but it's. I think it's just... There's maybe no greater surrender. No, in the midst of this uncertainty. Yes. Do you know what's so gorgeous is that that paragraph 
is a paragraph I pulled out to teach to, to read out loud during my book tour. Shut up. Yep. Shut up. Yeah. One of like three paragraphs. Yeah, that's that's it. So in the midst of uncertainty, societal pressure and fear stories, I have two choices. I can let ego take hold or I can remember that I am a super attractor. Today, there's only one choice that I will tolerate. I choose to be a super attractor and have unwavering faith in the universe. I choose happiness as my baseline. I choose positive expectation. I choose joyful anticipation of what's coming. I choose to care about how I feel. I choose to seek relief rather than solutions. And most importantly, I choose to practice non-interference. I turn my will to the care. I turn over my will to the care of the spiritual guidance I've grown to rely on. And today I surrender even more. Dude, that's all we need. All we need. I'm literally going to photograph that. Yes. And it's going to be my next post. Oh. Yes. I will. I'll make sure you see it. I love you, Gabby Bernstein. I love everything that you are. I love all of your pathways, every single aspect of your journey. I love our friendship. I so bow to everything that you have been through because it is helping all of us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I love you, sister. Thank you. Thank you, AG1, for sponsoring the Practice You podcast. My listener, you've been hearing me talk about AG1 for some time. I think I've been taking it daily for almost three years. 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food-sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens in one scoop in the morning. The best way to start your day supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and longevity, the conversation of the moment. The taste is delicious. It's suitable whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. It contains less than one gram of sugar. No nonsense in here at all. It's a multivitamin that your body will actually absorb. If you are wanting to make an investment in your health and longevity, AG1 costs you less than $3 a day, far less expensive, and definitely less time-consuming than many different supplements. Reclaim your health, arm your immune system with convenient, delicious daily nutrition. And since you listen to the Practice You podcast, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of immune-boosting vitamin D and 5 free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go to athleticgreens.com forward slash Elena. Once again, that's athleticgreens.com forward slash E-L-E-N-A. Take ownership of your health, my listener. And thank you, Athletic Greens and AG1.